0: 3 zoomed into the navarro miller report featuring the hottest in moves, entertainment sports and all those topics for the mainstream audience the
1: navarro miller report hi everyone welcome to the navarro miller report i'm your host dave navarro
0: and i'm jeremy miller
1: and sorry for the six-minute uh, tardiness, but we were having some technical difficulties. You gotta love live uh, streaming, don't you?
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> always fun. Always a challenge.
1: It's okay, though. It's okay. The important thing is that I'm here, not so much him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hi. you, know, you know, I come here, I give my time only to be abused by you. You see, I come here to abuse you. This is my fun time.
1: You know, I mean, it's one of those things where I really don't want to hear it. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, let's go ahead and welcome everybody to the stream. Uh, I wanted to say hello to Cindy, uh, Donald, Joe, and many others that are going to be joining us here uh, briefly. Again, we apologize for the brief technical difficulties, but, uh, you know it's it's
0: it's uh the it is what it is <laughs> the thing that we have
1: to work with so there you go. Uh, so let's go ahead and start off uh the show as we always do with a couple of blind reacts for Jeremy to watch. now this first one that I have for you Jeremy uh it's pr- appropriate for this season I could say um okay. it shows very very useful uh combat techniques. That uh, for this season, especially if you're trying to stay fit and stay, uh, you know, uh, and follow your 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 new regimen and everything like this, this is something that uh, could be very helpful in these type of situations. Take a look. Now pay,
0: pay attention because I'm only going to show you this once. once. So square, square up. One time. time. You get getting, getting the ready,
1: ready right? Right. You're you're gonna, gonna go back, back. Get, get back. back. Get, get back. back. I, I say, yeah, back back, back, hell. Right. right. If, if they, they don't, don't listen, that's what you Make a Sometimes you do it. Right? But um, That's, that's how, how I would, I would advise, advise you, you to, to say, say no, to, no Girl to Girl Scouts selling you cookies. Because, holy hell, I'm just trying to walk in a And I don't need
0: to be bothered. Okay? So, stay safe. he salvaged it he salvaged it i was really wondering where that was going <laughs> he saved it
1: <laughs> hey if you want to stay fit you know you know those girl scout cookies are coming out oh are you I kidding i got my family
0: friends already hit me up you know everyone with a daughter everyone with a girl scout yeah. is already hitting me up you want your boxes it's like your crack dealer calling it's just Dude, those
1: tagalongs <laughs> man they kill me i can't say no to them i'm like stay away from me i can't not the tagalongs <laughs> yeah I, I can't help myself girl scout cookies and it's funny because for years i never tried them i never tried girl scout cookies really yeah for years up until probably about maybe about three years ago is when i tried it for the very first time and after that they were like crack oh yeah <laughs> no, like, they're no, they're no,
0: no, insanely no. addictive uh yeah i'm, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a Big fan of the uh, the Samoas, uh, the coconut and caramel.
1: I can't get into coconut. My dad loves it's, coconut. I, I don't. hate
0: coconut. It's the only thing that I enjoy it in is those dang cookies.
1: <laughs> you know, and then and we got uh, Pink Lady. Actually, she says that she loves the Thin
0: Mints. Oh, that's Joni and my mom's favorite, hands yeah. down.
1: Give me tag alongs any day of the week, t- twice on Sunday. I'm fine fine with those. <laughs> but uh, this next one that I have for you, Jeremy, is actually right up your alley as a chef. You know, as a chef, you know that you have to like when you when you prep for the food and everything, you have to make sure that everything is tasting perfectly fine. Everything is is in top tip top shape in a kitchen, just like this chef actually uh, also made sure that everything is in tip top shape, shape in his kitchen. And when I say everything, I do mean everything. Take a look. (laughs)
0: Might be a little too obsessive and he almost (laughs) blew it there as a chef. He almost made a huge mistake. He reached for his tasting spoon and almost went for a double dip. I saw that. I big saw that. Big no-no. Big I saw no-no. That.
1: I saw that. I'm not a chef, and I even knew that. And I was like, Fourth, DS, don't, don't, don't go. Don't go for that. Otherwise, you're going to screw up the entire thing. But uh, pick lady saying Gordon Ramsay and him should have a smackdown. There you go. <laughs> 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 this last one that I have for you has to do with us Californians. Now, this lady, actually, she's a transfer here from, from another state. And what she has to say about habits the Californians have not too sure if I can actually agree with her on it I don't know if you do this I don't know if we, any of us do this really but she says that some of us do so I don't know you be the judge check it out okay, okay is this, this just, just a California, California thing? thing um because, because I've, I've lived, lived in, California in California for now, for now four, four years, years. I'm, 36 I'm 36 years old which means that for, for 32 years, years of my, my life, life I, lived I lived in a different, different state, state. When, when I first moved here people sit well, I'm in, in LA, LA. People, people sit in their cars everywhere Like like Everywhere. Everywhere, in, in parking, parking lots, um, at, at, the street, at the street, at the ocean, ocean at, the at the beach, beach like,
0: people, people eat lunch in their, their car, people, people are talking in their car, car. Like, people are, are constantly sitting, sitting in their car, car. Me, and me and my husband do notice this, this. We're like, never, never in our lives have we seen so many, many people just sitting in their car, car at all times. time, like, doing all sorts of different stuff, like, but chilling for the most part, like,
1: now I sit in my car all the time. Why, Why is that? that? I actually I enjoy, enjoy sitting in my car, car now. now. Is, is this, this like a 2020 2022 thing? thing? Is, is this like, is this, this just a California thing? thing? Do, you do you guys, guys do this? this where you live? Whenever, whenever I'm parked I'm park, sitting, sitting in my car, car someplace, anywhere, I can, I can always, always see someone, someone else, doing else doing the same thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's a California thing. I usually, if I'm in the car, I get claustrophobic. I need to get out.
0: Well, I know people who definitely do that, uh, whether it be just meeting up with friends, windy day, whatever. Hey, let's go sit in the car. Um, people, you know, in L.A., especially with traffic. I mean, I don't know about other parts of California, but I know with L.A., we go places and we try and get there early, you know, because we never know how bad the traffic's going to be. A lot of times, yeah, we are sitting in the parking lot waiting because guess what? We're early <laughs> um, and usually by a half hour or more. So we're generally waiting because, you know, you never know how bad that L.A. traffic could really be. But oh, I definitely yeah. know people who I I know people who definitely do this more and more. I'm not someone who just chills in his car a lot unless there's a purpose.
1: Yeah. And Pink Lady saying that uh, here in Georgia, they also do that th- there as well uh, ever since the pandemic. So, I mean, you know, it seems like uh, it seems like it's not just a California thing. It's it's also a. Uh, Uh, Georgia thing as well. So
0: it would make sense that it's picked up since the pandemic. I mean, you know, people aren't eating in the restaurant as much or getting what they want from the store and then coming out. Uh, So it would make sense with people social distancing and stuff that perhaps they would feel better in their car rather than out amongst the crowd. I guess, that you know, is plausible.
1: No, it is what it is, but uh, I, I, I like I said, I get claustrophobic. So <laughs> moving forward, uh, we got this time, Jeremy. I'm the one with the Atlanta stories.
0: <laughs> yeah, you found the good ones, I gotta say.
1: These are and these are very interesting ones, actually. The first one uh, is basically it says, uh, boy plane hide and seek found in another country six days later. <laughs> like this is the ultimate hide-and-seek. According to uh, Memzar, uh, or at Memzar, actually, on Instagram, it says, quote, a 15-year-old boy accidentally locked himself inside a shipping container during a game of hide-and-seek and and was discovered a week later in another country. The teen from Bangladesh was playing with friends in the port city of uh, Chittagong on January 11th when he hid inside the container and fell asleep according to Indian Times. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the container was then loaded on a commercial ship headed to Malaysia, where the boy was discovered in Westport six days later on January 7th. "Quote: The boy was just believed to have entered the container, fell asleep, and found himself here, Malaysian Home Minister Datuk Seri Savuddin Nasution Ismail said. That's a long name. <laughs> According to uh, Bernama, a uh, Malaysian news agency. Uh, and then when they asked uh, the kids he was playing with uh, what happened, they said, well, you know, we were just playing a trick on him. We really weren't looking for him at all. So. Um... <laughs> wow. You, I mean, could you believe something like that, though? I mean, well, the kids...
0: <laughs> yes, it is very believable. Uh, that's I've I've always had a fear of being locked in any sort of container like that, because I do have a bit of claustrophobia myself but i have to ask did they say how the kid was because six days found i mean that's six days without food and water i mean unless he was in a shipping container how was he health-wise did he come out
1: they didn't mention anything of how how he was actually health-wise but i'm assuming uh he was okay i mean i'm assuming that uh they they found him they they probably found him while they were on their way over there i would think i mean because six days without food and water and plus he was asleep
0: So, right, but a shipping container is large, they're usually stacked on ships or planes in the cargo area. People aren't back there, they're not looking for people pounding on the shipping container doors. True. So I I just I I hope he's okay. It definitely is a a very odd one, and um, I'm not sure that would be my choice of of hiding places. It definitely Sucks that those kids weren't even looking for him. I have no, I, to admit, I, I I added that last part there. Um. Oh, okay. I was gonna say that if they if that was the facts that they really were just like, ah, oh, screw him you know.
1: No, uh, and then the other question is, what the hell were kids doing playing near shipping containers? Like, where exactly do they live that they had shipping containers nearby that they could easily just run right in and hide?
0: You're you're thinking very Western world. This is Bangladesh. True. Is India, True. where industry and, and slums and housing and everything are lumped all together. It's not a big country, you know, I mean, it's the most densely populated place on the planet and, you know, I. Shit. It's going to have stuff like this is going to happen because these things are in such close proximity. I mean, you don't see kids in Torrance down by the ports or San Pedro or whatever playing in areas where there are shipping containers. It's barred. Sure. There's no access. You'd have to get through multiple security procedures first. But you're talking about India. a Very, very different place, you know, where they're making do with the best they can with what they got.
1: This is very true. This is very true. Uh, And I mean, that's just like I said, (laughs) you know, uh, Cindy actually just uh, commented right now. She said, uh, at least he wasn't in a refrigerator. Oh, good. That's, you know, that takes me back to the old Punky Brewster episode. I'm getting back. There's
0: there's that one. And I do remember it. But I'll tell you right now at my grandmother's restaurant, my rotten little brother locked me in the walk-in freezer. Oh, Wow for like two hours i almost killed him
1: oh wow wow that um that was that's that's actually a pretty good idea anyways moving forward to the next one you know (laughs) moving (laughs) moving forward the next uh wild atlanta story that i got for you here (laughs) Um, uh, the next outlandish story that we got for you here actually has to do with some re- research that scientists actually have made. and uh, I mean, this is actually very interesting. Research suggests men spend seven hours a year hiding in uh, in bathrooms for peace and quiet., uh, this is coming from at uh, puberty. Uh, a third of British men admit to hiding in their bathrooms to get some peace and quiet, according to a study. Researchers who polled 1,000 men found they spend a, a total of seven hours a year in the bathroom just for brief peace. That's a lot. That's that's you know, that's not actually that much. I would actually think there would be more. Wouldn't you think? I mean,
0: I, I actually am surprised it's that low. Uh, I can admit to definitely having prolonged, you know, multiple bathroom trips for a few extra, you know, an extra 30 seconds to a minute of peace, uh, you know, back when my boys were young and things were crazy. Oh, yeah, I, I could say I definitely did that. So I'm a little surprised it's only seven hours a year because that, that, that doesn't equate to a heck of a lot of uh, added time.
1: Well they also said they also said in addition to getting some quiet time, they also escaped to the toilet to avoid the kids. (laughs) While they're dropping the kids, while they're dropping the kids off at the pool,
0: mind you. So (laughs) how did I know you were gonna go there? Cheap, low-hanging fruit. I couldn't help myself. Come on. (laughs) You know,
1: it was just there, you know, just like the bathroom was just there. So, you know, you gotta kinda push it in there um, <laughs> or push it out either or anyway <laughs> sorry it's, well you see what i put up with it's it's my day <laughs> hey jc thanks for joining the stream and donald uh jc says welcome back boys so thank you very much appreciate that uh in other offlandish news you've heard of florida man we got florida woman this time all right uh, a uh, Florida woman rescued from storm drain for third time in less than two years. Uh, a Florida woman, this is again from at Memzarb. Or memes are, actually. Uh, a Florida woman was pulled from a storm drain for the third time in two years last week. The Delray Peach Police Department said officers and firefighters responded to a report of a woman possibly in distress while swimming in a canal. The department said officers located the woman. She reportedly ignored them and climbed into a storm <laughs> into a storm drain pipe. The fire department previously rescued Kennedy from a storm drain in March 2021 after she had been missing for three weeks. The woman, who was 43 at the time, told police she had been walking in the sewer system for about for uh, for uh, how much, uh, What was it? Uh, for about three weeks. Question is, what does she have to eat while she was down there? Oh, I
0: don't even want to think about it. And look, only I, in Florida. Why in the world would anybody want to be wandering around the storm drains? I mean, it's it is yes, at least a little different from a sewer system, but still, what are you what are you doing down there? Are you trying to like you know find treasures that have washed away? What possible reason she, could she have for wanting to be down there? Hey, and my you know what? Question. My second question is: At what point do the you know, emergency authorities start fining her for having to come out and rescue her from from being an idiot.
1: I mean, you know, maybe she was looking for love in all the right places.
0: I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, man, Florida, I love you. You gotta love
1: Florida because I mean, they got the man, Florida man, and Florida woman now. I mean, maybe, maybe Florida woman was looking for Florida man.
0: <laughs> Who knows? It's a good place to look.
1: <laughs> That's a great place to look. Chances are she would have, she might have found him or a gator. Um, so either or, you know, down in Florida in those sewer systems, I'm sure there's plenty of gators down there. So I have no idea. Anywho, I mean. I, I would think I would think you I mean, you'd have time, to would assume
0: think. considering you did see gators, you know, with the flooding that was down there and everything else you see them getting washed out of swamps and in people's yards and all sorts of things like that. So
1: Oh, man. Well, uh, on our stream, we got Pink Lady saying, we all float down there. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Cindy's just saying no comment. Um, and Pink Lady, actually, she's saying uh, maybe she was high and looking for Pennywise.
0: <laughs> that's that's a possibility. I didn't think of that one.
1: So, hi, Ireland. How you doing? Thank you. Uh, welcome to the stream here. Yeah, like I said, very, uh, like, insane stories from all over the world, I have to say, you know, but this time, I got you chumped on that one. So yeah, you did. <laughs> I got three of them for you right there. Uh, moving on to some entertainment news. It's a sad, sad uh, day, actually, in the entertainment industry. Uh, we uh, today we lost not one, but two legendary stars. Uh, first, actually, uh, while we were uh, looking for some news stories today, uh, this news story actually just popped up literally a couple of hours ago. Uh, legendary actress Cindy Williams, who played uh, uh, sh- uh, Shirley, uh, she, she played Shirley in Laverne and Shirley, uh, passed away today at the age of 75. Uh, so far, there is no word as to what was the cause of death. She, uh, according to news sources, she was battling a long time illness. We don't know what that is, who knows if they'll disclose it, but um. They did say, they went ahead and uh, a statement was released today saying, quote, The passing of our kind, hilarious mother, Cindy Williams, has brought us unsurmountable sadness that could never truly be expressed. Knowing and loving her has been our joy and privilege. She was one of a kind, beautiful, generous, and possessed a brilliant sense of humor and a glittering spirit that everyone loved. Uh, So that, I mean... Jeremy, did you ever did you ever meet her? I mean, I know that you do a lot of autograph signings. I mean, I, I think you have one this weekend, right?
0: I actually do have one coming up this weekend. But no, I got to meet Cindy and uh, Penny Marshall um, multiple times over the years. And the first time I met them was back when we were doing Growing Pains back in the 80s. So as a kid who loved Laverne and Shirley, loved Happy Days, I was a big fan and it was a real privilege to meet them. Um, she also starred in one of my favorite films american graffiti uh you know she was a wonderful actress and obviously an icon in this industry and um you know it's it's a sad loss
1: yeah and uh another one uh that also passed away today was uh Lisa L- Lisa Loring uh she played the original Wednesday Adams from the Adams family she died today at the age of 64 uh and uh you know according to uh sources it says uh, uh quote she went peacefully with both her daughters holding her hands so that's the best way you could possibly go uh she actually uh passed away uh from her cause of death was actually a stroke she suffered a stroke uh on Saturday actually Um, and, uh, unfortunately she just, uh, she, she went and I, I mean, I personally know how deadly strokes can be. My father, he suffered one himself. Uh, he almost lost his life to a stroke, uh, back in 2007. So it's something that, I mean, you can't really, it's, it's tough. It depends on how old you are and depends on how extreme, how extreme the stroke was. Uh, but Lisa Loring passed away as well. And uh, man there, this is just, these are like, These are like childhood memories, you know, childhood legends that are like, you know, passing away. This is, you know, like I was telling Joni, actually, we're getting to the age where, you know, more is being taken away from our lifetime than is being given to us, I would imagine.
0: It's all in the way you view it. But, you know, this is the age where the people of your childhood are hitting that that, you know, 70, 80, you know, range in in years. And you start losing a lot of people that uh, were were. Idols, icons, people you looked up to when you were young. Um, it's just kind of the way it goes. Uh, Lisa passing, you know, is awful. Um, I know many, I don't know her personally, but I have many friends who are, you know, did know her personally, knew, knew her very well, and were, were close friends with her. Um, you know, she'd been fighting a lot for a long time and wasn't in the best of health. And a stroke in the best of cases is extremely dangerous. Uh you know, so it's it's a, it's a tragedy and it's a it's a great loss to their families and to the community, because anytime you take away an icon who added so much to, you know, our our industry and our genre, um, you know, anytime they go, it's a loss. It's a big loss and everybody feels it.
1: Absolutely agree. Uh, on our stream right now, JC is saying Cindy and Penny are making the cosmos rock with laughter now. more <laughs>
0: Wouldn't Amen you to that. Right
1: here. Amen to that. Uh, Cindy Star. C- Cindy actually, she mentioned that a California gold medalist actually died today too. I heard about him too. Uh, he was uh American. Uh, John Pry- John says it was an American skier that died in an avalanche. Yeah, uh, talk about a,
0: talk about irony. I mean, me about
1: they say that the worst things come in threes. Mm-hmm. That's three right and, there. So you know, the
0: guy's an Olympic champion skier, world champion, a absolutely. I mean, not someone you would ever expect to go in in that way. But again, an avalanche, especially when you're skiing off trail, not at main areas, which a lot of these pros do when they're training, it can be dangerous. So it's a a real shame.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Cindy's saying, rest in peace Wednesday. Derek is saying, loved her dance, the Drew. So I'm sure that, uh, you know, it's it's gonna, it's gonna a tough loss in the industry today. Very, very uh, difficult uh, day in the entertainment industry. In other news, Dave Bautista is saying he won't be playing the villain Bane in any of the new DCU, uh, the James Gunn uh, version of DCU. Obviously, we know James Gunn is uh, the new president of uh, DC Universe. And basically, he's saying that the reason why he won't be playing Bane is because... Uh, James Gunn is looking for younger uh, and new talent. And it's nothing its nothing against, uh, you know, it's nothing against uh, Dave or anything like that. I mean, he is 54 years old. But according to him, he basically is saying that uh, he, he said, quote, I have had conversations with James about that. But I think the direction he's leaning in, completely rebooting the whole universe, he's starting from scratch and starting younger and fresher. And I think you need to do that. Uh, he also basically expresses how at his age, it's difficult for him to take on a role such as Bane. We all know that the comic book villain Bane is this huge guy. And to be in that kind of shape. It takes a toll on your body. You have to work out. And at 54, the older you get, it's harder to work out and get to that to that place. That's another thing that he expresses why he says, you know what? I'm okay with this type of decision. I'm fine with it. If they need me for anything else, I'll be more than happy to. But I mean, in in this particular case, I think that uh, I think that that uh, Dave saw it for what it was. And I agree with him. I mean, you know, it's the older you get, it gets harder and harder to compete with these new young uh actors that could actually do the workouts do the the you know get themselves into that kind of shape and stay in that kind of shape for a longevity of time uh you know obviously Dave Bautista is a former WWE uh champion he's a former WWE wrestler uh and he's a former uh, mixed martial artist as well he's done a lot of like physical physical uh type of uh you know uh sports to the point that his body's probably banged up by now that he doesn't want to like yeah granted he wants to stay in shape i mean he played drax in guardians of the galaxy he stayed in shape for that but at, you know it gets to a point where he's
0: like dude i'm tired <laughs> like i just want to i just want to relax you know it it takes an awful lot as we all know to maintain that type of physique um Even Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's still at, you know, 70 plus years old, is working out all the time, has changed his routine. You know, Arnie's not pumping for mass anymore. You know, he's pumping for longevity. He's pumping to stay healthy and to, you know, to keep his body in the best shape for the best longevity he can. Um, The only guy in that era who's still really pushing it is Stallone and Honestly, at his age, it's got to be taking an intense toll. And Stallone never put his body through the amount of beatings and injuries and things that... I mean, I'm not saying he didn't. I mean, we all know that Stallone has had some bad injuries in movies and things over the years. He almost died fighting, you know, when he told um, Dolph Lundgren to actually punch him in the uh, the fight that they had, um, you know, in Rocky IV. But that's a lot different than being a professional wrestler on a day in day out basis. That's a lot different than being an MMA fighter and someone who's fought mixed martial arts. Dave Batista has put his body through an awful lot. And um, honestly, I don't see how he could get back at that age to that type of rip shape without some sort of help.
1: Oh yeah, no, I agree. That's, Uh, That's
0: truthfully chemically is about the only way you could make that happen easily. So. Yeah.
1: And, and and he also uh, continued to say, quote, I have to say that I appreciate that because I don't want to play a character that I can't bring justice to. I don't want I don't think at this point in my career that I can bring justice to Bane anymore. I just don't know if I could handle the physical part. And I don't think I would have the longevity to plan ahead for films. Uh, so I just don't know if I'd be that guy. Uh, obviously, he's in a brand new M. Night Shyamalan movie uh talking about the end of the world and arm again and everything so and he and you could tell that physically he's still a big guy he's still muscularly big but i think now more so he's more just maintaining his mm-hmm. his, phys, his physicality it's no longer that you know he's trying to get big for all no now he's just trying to maintain it just because that's how he is he's just you know well, he's, he's also he's he's not have
0: not trying to get down to 12 percent body fat anymore you know, like these guys do for these types of roles when they're that big and they're that swole up. I mean, they're trying, they literally try and cut down to around 12 to 10% body fat. It's not real healthy. You know, only elite athletes can like survive at those levels, you know, for long periods of time and still remain healthy. Um, So anyway, I'm just glad he's taking it that way. And I got to say on the other side of that same topic, I'm really glad James Gunn is doing that. Um, not because I think it'll make for a better DC universe or anything else. It's always good to see any big time director, producer focusing on bringing in new talent. Now you can't always do that. And it's not to take away anything from any of the, you know, great actors and actresses out there who get parts regularly, but I always love seeing up and comers blow you away new yeah. people you haven't even seen that you weren't even thinking of come in and just put you on the floor with their performance. So I love hearing that from James Gunn. I would love for more directors once they've become more established to take a chance on newer performers um, for some of the bigger roles, because you know that's, that's how we end up with, with great new stars.
1: I can see you as Lex Luthor.
0: I don't do bald. Well, I have a very wavy head.
1: Well, they could easily put like a bald wig on you. You know, you don't have to shave <laughs> it. You know, I mean, but I could see you. You're just evil enough to pull
0: off a Lex Luthor, I think. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm sweet and innocent.
1: Pretty sure. Pretty sure. I. I don't know. I don't. Or a Joker, maybe. You know. I don't know. I'm more Lex Luthor. I think. I. I think I could picture you as Lex Luthor more than anything. <laughs> I'm waiting for the comments. <laughs>
0: i'm not talking about me i've had a shot i'm not saying i wouldn't take a role but i'm talking about new up-and-coming talent i'm talking about people who have you know not had a shot in this business and who have not been discovered yet you know a real diamond in the rough and those people are out there you know there's people coming in i mean hundreds and thousands of people wanting to get into this business every year. And you're, you're telling me you can't find someone besides the same 20 actors and actresses that we see every year. I'm not saying they're not wonderful actors and actresses, but there are other people out there that can do amazing that have not been discovered. And those are the people that are going to keep all this going. So I love seeing, love it, love it, love it. More power to you, James Gunn.
1: I mean, you know, it, it almost reminds me of, of how the WWE is right now. I mean, they keep on, the, you know, and I and like, I want to make this comparis- comparison because in the WWE, there's so many talented wrestlers that deserve a shot at the title, but they keep the title belt on one particular wrestler over and over for, for like months and even years even over and over again. And it's like, why don't you give these other guys a shot? These are the guys have the talent. They're possibly even they're younger and they have a great following. Give them a shot at the title and let them wear it for a little bit too. start, you know, throwing the title around like it used to be back in the eighties and early nineties before this whole long title reign began, which I don't understand why in the world they're doing that.
0: Unfortunately, the Hogan effect kind of ruined a lot of wrestling when it came to that. You know, his immense popularity and them keeping him as essentially the reigning champion, even though he lost it a couple times, but keeping him for the, you know, being basically the guy for such an extended period of time. Every one of these people, every one of these organizations has been looking for their next that guy, you know, and that's unfortunately what they've been doing. You know, I mean, The Rock was that it's for a while, but
1: is the same thing in Hollywood, too.
0: No, it is. It, it's it's everybody's. They, pe- people need to be looking for the next great thing more. I'm not saying that people who are established haven't earned it and don't do great jobs, but it needs to be balanced within all of these aspects. More people looking for the next great thing.
1: Ironies of ironies that you're saying that when we were just talking about nepotism and how Hollywood is really looking towards the backyard, not for anything new.
0: If these people haven't done anything, then they are new. Just because they share a last name with somebody in the industry doesn't make them not undiscovered.
1: We'll get into that one uh, some other time. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I, again, I'm just. I'm again. I'm. I'm still arguing with you all about that. But let's go to check out what you're talking about in the stream right now. Uh, JC is saying. Actually, he's given a couple of good ideas of what you can be. Um, JC is saying you could be the Arrow or the Riddler. I, I like the Riddler better. I think that's a. That's I would a good enjoy
0: one. the Riddler. The Riddler would be a fun one to mess around with.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good one. Joni's on the stream right now. And she says Joker and Harley. <laughs>
0: I personally would never, ever want to take on the role of the Joker. Heath Ledger ruined it for everybody. You are following in the footsteps of Mark Hamill doing the voice for the cartoons and the video games and doing a iconic job. And then you have Heath Ledger, who basically ruined it for anyone who ever takes that role again. (laughs) I mean, literally anyone who ever takes the role is, is playing second fiddle.
1: Jared Leto yeah. couldn't do it. Joaquin and, Phoenix. And, and couldn't honestly, do it.
0: in a in a vacuum, in a vacuum, Jude Law's performance was a good Joker performance.
1: You mean Joaquin Phoenix?
0: Well, no.
1: No, it was Joaquin Phoenix, not Jude Law.
0: Sorry, not Jude. Who played him in not Joaquin in um in Suicide Squad? Oh, Jared Leto. Jared, not Jude Law. Sorry, thank you. I did not now given it wasn't in a vacuum. We went from Heath directly to Jared Leto Mm -hmm. and people were like, oh, my God, this is I mean, he got so much crap for his portrayal. But in a vacuum, without Heath Ledger's performance to go on, it was a good Joker performance. Okay, I really think that it wasn't groundbreaking, it wasn't, but it was a good Joker performance. But Heath's performance and raising the bar like he did just doomed anyone who takes that role.
1: Those are true facts right there. And we got, um, you know, we, we also, Cindy also recommended you could also play The Flash.
0: Hmm. I've never been the biggest Flash fan, and I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see that as much. Cindy, but, we're not talking about, we're not hey, talking
1: about his personal activity, okay? Hey, knock it off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't flashed since the McDonald's playground when I was a child.
1: So leave me alone. Um JC's also saying uh Jeremy as the Riddler with Jeremy's trademark goatee would be astronomical. (laughs) Put the emphasis on the ass part. Um, Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Cindy also said uh Batman. Cindy said Robin. I think Robin would be good. Moving on to some other... If I'm
0: Robin, I'm making you the penguin, biatch.
1: <laughs>
0: I do a pretty good penguin, don't I? <laughs> it's not bad, actually. I know,
1: right? Uh, anywho, moving on to some uh, some more entertainment news. Uh, there seems to be an uproar uh, with the Oscar nominations, Jeremy. What's going on with that?
0: Yeah, there's a bit of an uproar. So we had a kind of a surprise nomination for best actress and the actress Andrea Riseborough, who is an English actress. Um, she starred in it's called uh, Two Leslie. And she Mm -hmm. plays a alcoholic mom who basically squanders her lottery winnings. It's a very heart-wrenching, very strong performance from what I've heard. Uh, I have not seen it yet. I just have read the articles and heard kind of the the flap that's going on about it. And essentially, the Academy has launched an investigation into how she got nominated because there was um, a very, very small box office release for this film very few people actually saw it. And the Academy was, you know, wondering how someone who a film almost no one saw got nominated. Well, there's a very big grassroots effort by a lot of A-list celebrities. Uh, Edward Norton, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, Courtney Cox, among others, really Mm. pushed on social media for people to pay attention to this film, to pay attention to her performance, and to get her the nomination. And now that in an investigation has been launched, many of those same celebrities are taking issue with it. Uh, They're very upset that the Academy is investigating. They say that if it was another A-list celebrity, they wouldn't be looking at it at all, even if it was in some small independent film no one had heard of. But just because it was somebody who doesn't have a name and isn't a star celebrity... Um, they've decided to investigate. And that's how a lot of the A-listers feel. They feel the Academy's very out of line here. The Academy has issued a statement and has said that there were some inconsistencies in how she was nominated in the kind of the way people were stumping for her. Uh, One of the biggest, I guess, accusations is that her production company in their campaign for her to get nominated... Released a tweet where they compared they they released a tweet where they quoted Roger Roper in saying that while he loved Kate Blanchett's performance, um, I cannot remember the name of the film uh, in Tar, that his favorite performance all year long was Andrea Riseborough. Well, her campaign retweeted that, and apparently it is a violation of Academy rules to compare your performance to another person's performance in your promotional stuff so the academy is saying that is why they're investigating um there were other people who were not connected to her who also did the same thing other celebrities who had tweeted out or posted on instagram saying that they you know they loved these other actresses and they named them and that seems to be the problem, but that she was their preferred choice, that Andrea Riseborough was their preferred choice. So there's kind of a big flap going on. It seems to me that unless it was the tweet specifically that brought it to the Academy's attention, then they are a little out of line here. If they just launched the investigation because, well, why would she deserve it? She's not known. Well, I don't care if she's known. I want the best performers. If she gave the best performance, I don't give a damn if eight people saw it in the theaters. If enough people then see it afterwards and realize, wow, we missed something here. She needs to be nominated. Then she damn well better be nominated. I mean, it Um, it doesn't matter if she was
1: known or not. I mean, she will be after she gets nominated, rightfully so. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, that's the way I got to look at it. You got to give the person a chance. And
0: like you said, if she was good, she deserves a nod. And it seems to me that they launched the investigation and then found these tweets. That's the way it reads, and it's the way the timeline seems. So why did you launch the investigation in the first place if you didn't know that the campaign had been had violated a couple of rules first? You know, that your your uh, motive seems suspect. So, Again, I don't know the timeline myself. Maybe the writers in these stories and these news articles have have the timeline mixed up. Mm -hmm. But to me, it seems like the Oscars went searching for an issue and then found a couple minor ones. And, you know, (laughs) in my opinion, they probably shouldn't have been searching in the first place.
1: Could it be possible? (laughs) Now, this is just me reaching here. But could it be possible that the Oscars need controversy in order for people to watch the, 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 the show that a lot of the, 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 um, the ceremony that many people have been so far saying that it's been getting rate, low ratings every year and they just need people to like watch it. So they have to like drudge out some sort of controversy in order for people to like, you know, get glued to the television and be like, what's going on with that.
0: I think that's very possible. Um, Truthfully, I think most cinema fans get turned off by the controversy and the drama and all the BS around it. And I I know that's the reason why I don't watch as much of the award shows and the Oscars anymore. I used to never miss it. I mean, never, ever, ever. I religiously watched it, you know, would go to friends' houses, sit down and watch it. I would go to Oscar viewing parties. I would, I never missed it. And the truth is, it doesn't kind of because of all the drama and all the, you know, these people weren't nominated and these people were and and, 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 and we got a bicker back and forth. That's kind of turned me off to watching the award show. So I, I'm kind of the opposite. I don't think they need the drama to get people to tune in. I think they need to knock it the hell off uh, to get people actually focused on the movies and the performers again.
1: Well, I mean, in any case, I'm hoping that uh, that uh, there is some sort of justice for this this uh, particular actress. And she gets, you know, she gets some sort of, I don't know, recompense for for them completely snuffing her at this point, I would think.
0: Well, Uh, it's she's still they've launched an investigation and it doesn't look great on their part. The optics of this aren't wonderful, but she hasn't been removed from her nomination. She still is up for best best actress um if the academy actually removes her from the nomination that's going to be a huge scandal that i don't know if they can come back from Uh, half of hollywood is going to you know want to burn them down so i i think it would be an incredibly big mistake on the on the academy's part to to actually take this nomination away from her
1: well, I guess uh we'll just have to wait and see but uh, I'm I'm agreeing with you Jeremy I, I have a feeling that they're they're gonna probably not want to rock any boats right now so oh,
0: they're gonna open a can of worms that they can't close if they do that
1: yeah exactly uh Jc is saying Jeremy I think you should have won an award as Ben siever in the latter years of pains did you you did you've
0: received an award didn't you I won um the oh i can't even remember what they were called it was the oh, children no 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 i never won a teen choice awards hosted it two years the no. first two years i was one of the co-hosts but um no it was called the chill uh it was it was a children's award show it was all of the young actors sorry the young actors awards um, Youth and Film Awards. That's what they were called, the Youth and Film Awards. I was nominated for four out of the seven years that we did Growing Pains, and I won two of the four years that I was nominated.
1: Nice,
0: nice. Um, so yes, I did. I did receive a couple of accolades for what I had done, and I did receive one uh, Emmy nomination where I got onto the ballot and actually made it down to, I believe it was the final 15, um, 15 or ten candidates. So I did get a little recognition here and there, uh, but I wasn't down to one of the final five or final four. So uh, nobody ever got to see that I did get a small nomination.
1: Well, if you make if it makes you feel any better, you're always a winner in my
0: book. However, that book, I don't believe you. I I, well, I didn't say what book it was, did I? (laughs) the book of love i know you love me
1: sure why not we'll go with that (laughs) uh in sports nfl playoffs this past weekend and oh my god talk about okay so the first game we have philadelphia versus the 49ers which i'm so happy philadelphia won we both are on this one as am i Uh, uh but there was a lot of man niners towards the end they started getting angry they started getting sloppy they started getting physical i mean and it was all i mean they were granted granted they were frustrated i mean you got brock purdy got injured like what in the second quarter of the game uh and it seems that he's gonna be
0: sixth play sixth offensive play
1: No, no no i'm talking about the quarter
0: Right. Brock Purdy got injured in the 6th offensive play oh, for San Francisco. Oh wow,
1: so it was very early. I was yes. like kind of like watching it and out and unfortunately he tore a UCL And he's going to be out for six months. Mind you, I was making, I was laughing the entire time I was watching this because I was like putting posts up and man, Niners fans were really like, there was a couple, there was one of them in there. They were salty. Yeah. Niners fans were very salty. What was funny about that, I'm like, I'm putting, I was like, dude, they're about to call the water boy in to go ahead and be QB at this point because they're running out of QBs. I've never seen that in any championship game. I've never seen anything like that in my lifetime.
0: Well, how often have you gone into a championship game or a playoff game with your third stringer as your starter? I mean, they were already down. Brock Purdy, as good as he has done, was their third stringer. Their first two quarterbacks were already injured and completely unavailable. I don't recall that ever happening in a playoff game. Um, you know, with the Giants back in the 80s, there was uh, Phil Hostetler and uh, Phil Sims, the two Phils who were filling in for each other when one would get hurt and then the other would play in the playoff game. But those were your top two choices. I mean, they went into this playoff game and given Brock Purdy has been amazing. And if he heals well, he should absolutely have a shot at the starting quarterback job for San Francisco. He earned it. Oh, yeah. He absolutely earned it. But when you go in. With your third stringer as your as your top choice, fourth, you have no, you have no room, no wiggle room. And like again,
1: the, I think he was the fourth
0: stringer. No, he was third. Fourth it was, was third. Josh, uh, John, Josh Johnson. I think his name and is. And he was, was under
1: concussion was. protocol. He He's the one hard. who got
0: hit with the concussion, and they had to bring Purdy back in just to hand mm-hmm. off because they actually had no no,
1: they, they had Christian McCaffrey.
0: Well, uh, what they. They, they were going to do, they were going to do because they fitted McCaffrey up with his quarterback wristband so he could call the plays mm-hmm. and they were going to have him run wildcat. Mm-hmm. But again, Philadelphia's defense was so good and it has been all year. I mean, Philadelphia has been an absolutely amazing defensive team this year. Um, they kind of knew they had no shot. They had been pointed into a painted into a corner and were in need of a desperate miracle. There was, I mean, the coaches have talked about it. The players have talked about it. It has to be why they were getting so salty on the field. I mean, you've made it to the championship game. You are a team that hasn't lost in over three months. they had won 12 straight games or something like that. And then to basically feel like it doesn't matter what we do, we're going to, we have no shot. That's got to just, I mean, crush your soul as a competitor.
1: No, it was so bad. It was, it was hard to watch. It was literally hard to watch. I mean, you just saw the momentum just completely just start going all the way down right after, right after uh pretty got injured. It was just the momentum was just so shot to hell after that.
0: As I, said, I will never root, you know, I will never cheer a player getting injured. I don't care how yeah. much I dislike a player. I don't care how much I dislike a team. I will never cheer a player getting injured, but I have to say watching the aftermath and watching the Niners just fall apart was mm, tasty.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I loved every minute of it. I loved every minute of it. And the the funny part uh, about this situation, well, actually not funny part, but I mean, one observation I did see is that, yes, you're right. The Eagles defense, number one, not like they were, they've been crazy. Offense, however, man, they were struggling. They were struggling. hard against the Niners?
0: Well, they were up against an incredible defense. The yeah. number two defense in the league almost all year has been the Niners. Yeah. I don't know if the stats bear all that out, but I guarantee they're in the top five. Um, the Niners have been just an absolutely game-changing defense most of the year, which I'm sure has helped take some pressure off of Purdy and their offense while they've had so many injuries. So, I mean, if, if San Francisco had had their quarterbacks healthy. This is a completely different game. Oh yeah. Oh, most definitely. I mean, and, and and I'm not saying they would have won, but it's a different game. You it is the- not, it is not the blowout, you know, that we saw.
1: Yeah. 31 to seven. Um, <laughs> my question here, and this is, this is a, this is a question I would actually go ahead and, and put to you with how injury prone Jimmy G is. And we all know he's been injury prone for the past few years. Would it be in the best interest, an intelligent move for the Niners organization to say, to cut ties with Jimmy G and put in Brock Purdy now as the man, as the new quarterback for the, for the Niners, especially after how he proved himself that he can handle the pressure. He can handle the snaps and he can handle anything. a team can throw at him with the offense that he has.
0: The problem with that at this point is this UCL problem you know he's torn his ucl in his throwing arm that's a long recovery they've already said he's out six months so six months is a long time to not throw to you know he's gonna have to really work himself back into shape we've seen this before with quarterbacks when they have you know shoulder surgery or elbow surgery they can lose velocity they can lose accuracy I don't think they're going to make any drastic moves until they see how he is recovering. And I think that's what they have to do. Um, Personally, I think Garoppolo would do better going somewhere else. Um, They haven't had the faith in him. And I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a game changer, but I think he's a very good quarterback who could definitely succeed on a lot of teams out there if he can stay healthy. But right now, if Brock Purdy gets healthy I say the best option for the Niners is to throw him and Trey Lance into a true quarterback competition in the spring and see who comes out on top. You know, that's the truth. And if it's like what we saw during this, you know, uh, this season, I would say Purdy wins. You know, Purdy handled the pressure better. He performed better in most games. Um, Trey Lance was definitely not... um, playing up to par but he also was playing with jimmy g looking over his shoulder and that's awful hard for a young quarterback to do he hadn't been given the reins and the full faith of the team um he was given the reins but as we saw when he started faltering and they put jimmy g in um you know they they weren't gonna just let him learn on the job for too long So I think the best chance is let Purdy and him go head to head, see who gives you the best chance and, you know, try and trade Jimmy G to somewhere where he's going to be able to succeed as well and see what you can get for it.
1: JC is actually, uh, JC is actually, uh, uh, he made a comment. He said, um, he, he said, he said, actually, you know what? We got a new feature right here where we could actually like show our, co- show the comments on our stream. So nice. here you go. So JC saying uh, Dave facts being what they are once Purdy, uh, heels, that is a good move for San Francisco to consider next season. So you got, you got, uh, you got right there that, uh, that comment from, uh, JC right there. Um, And I'd have to agree with that. I'd have to agree with that. Uh, You know, I mean, they're going
0: to have to see how he heals, though. I mean, that's that's the key. They're going to have to see how his rehab goes. I don't think they can make that decision right now with the uncertainty still there, because there's no guarantee he comes back throwing as strong and as accurately as he was, especially with a UCL tear.
1: Agreed. Agreed. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens now. uh, Another game. This one. Kansas City versus Cincinnati. That game was literally back and forth. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was that that was a hell of a game, I gotta admit. I'll I tell mean, you,
0: I, I love this rivalry, man. This this rivalry is gonna be rivalry. so this is not gonna be so fun over the next few years watching Mahomes and burrows go at it. Um, two incredible offenses. Uh, we didn't see a whole lot of great defense in that game, but uh man, it was fun to watch. And I love those back and forth games with two great quarterbacks. And it really did feel like, and it's exactly what happened. Whoever had that last shot was going to win, <sighs> um, you know, and, and yes, Kansas city did win on a very, very dumb penalty. I don't want to pile on that guy. Um, you know, everybody's been ripping on him and believe me, he knows, he oh, knows. His, own
1: teammates. his own teammate when he was going back to the locker, they showed video of his own teammate
0: ripping on just like shredding them apart as they were walking into the locker rooms he did like, and that was in the heat of the moment yeah by the time they got back to the locker room his boys had his back and were consoling him which is you know as a team it's what you got to do so
1: it's he like you knows, feel bad as it is
0: you feel bad as it is. he made a huge error i mean he he let his concentration slip and he hit the quarterback late it was a clear clear uh roughing the passer penalty oh yeah you know it's it, it nobody's even disputing it. There there are no Cincinnati fans even disputing it. It was a clear violation and penalty.
1: Well, Joe actually, uh, Joe's actually uh, saying, uh, he's watching this on YouTube, he says, uh, that push on Mahomes uh, should have been uh, no call, very disappointing
0: ending. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, that's a bit of a Homer uh, attitude there, buddy. That was everybody who's seen that, everyone, every person that I've talked to has seen that has said it was as clear of a, of a roughing you know, he was penalty out of bounds. He was out of bounds and he's still purely you can't touch the quarterback. It's yeah. been well known. Um, you know, this isn't 10 years ago. Do I miss the old days, you know, where guys weren't so protected? Yeah, I do. It was a lot more fun, but these are the rules. These guys know them and it was as cl- a clear violation of the rules and he knows it. He's not even arguing it. I mean, the guy is devastated that he made this mistake. Those are true Um, facts. You know, I mean, he's devastated. He knows that this cost his team an opportunity, um, and he's it's 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 hard to get over something like that. Thankfully, he's a you know defensive player. He's going to be able to get back in there and start smacking people, and hopefully forget about it and uh, you know help his team move forward. But I I wouldn't want to be that guy. I mean, I I, letting my team down is is worse than losing to me. And I'm also agreeing with this uh, comment from
1: Donald. Uh, basically, Donald said ben- Bengals penalties uh, cost them. I got to agree with that. Those Absolutely. penalties were stacking up one after the other. It wasn't just that one. You know, it really wasn't just that that penalty. It was just a, a plethora of them at that, at that
0: time. A couple of the Cincinnati players in the locker room actually said the same thing you know, in defense of their, their teammate was that, you know, yes, this play gave them the shot to, you know, make the field goal, but it was an accumulation of penalties and mistakes on our part. It was not one play that cost us this game. Agreed. And to be honest with you, and I don't know if anybody else noticed
1: in the replay, the player that pushed Mahomes in that last play, he twisted his knee really badly. He, he was down for a minute. I, I didn't saw see in the that. replay. Man, his whole knee just went the other direction for a second, and he couldn't get up because it was hurting. So on top of that penalty, he was already in pain for mm-hmm. a little bit. He was able to get up and it looks like it wasn't that serious, but I think he might have tweaked something when he went down because he went down really awkward. It was a very awkward uh, landing for him on that one. so I- i'm I'm telling you like that that entire game has those two games have now set the stage for the Super Bowl. So it's gonna be. Kansas City versus Philadelphia, and, and what they're saying in the NFL, this is the first time in NFL history that both teams will have an African-American quarterback. So that's huge in the history of football, and very happy to see that too.
0: It's a big game, and that is an awesome achievement. Um, it is huh, – I'm really hoping Mahomes can get healthy. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. honestly yeah. – With Philadelphia's defense being as good as it is, to have him hobbled and have his scrambling ability limited is going to really hurt Kansas City. And I want a good game. He's pushing Um, through. I I mean, I'll be rooting for Kansas City, but I I like the Eagles. I got nothing against them. If they win, If they win, I'm you know awesome. I, I'll be happy for them. I got so many friends from Philly who, when they won, you know, what was it six years ago, were just losing their minds and were so happy they'd finally won a championship. Um, so, I mean, I I'd be very happy for either team, but I got to say, I'm rooting for Mahomes to get another one. I'd like to see him get a second one to uh, you know, kind of as a signature. Yep, it's not just a fluke. But if he's not healthy, man, that Philly defense is going to eat him alive. So I don't know. I want a good game. I want more than anything. I want a good game. So I really want him healthy.
1: And uh, Donald actually went ahead and made a good point. You got the Kelsey brothers. It's going to be brother against brother. Another uh, something else that's also historic. That's never. I don't think it's ever happened in NFL history.
0: I always love that. Always love that. Um, Not sure if it's ever happened in a Super Bowl, but it has happened in a few playoff games. It has happened in a few playoff games. Not sure about Super Bowl, but that's going to be awesome. And talk about a talk about a, a wonderful and terrible moment as a parent. Um, No, what
1: I was going to say, I was actually going to like say, I'm like, Thanksgiving is going to be awkward this year for both of
0: them. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, as a parent, that's going to be a really tough one because you're so excited for both your kids. But one of them is going to come up short and there's no way around it. So I wouldn't want to be in that situation.
1: Oh, no, it's 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 insane. Uh, And this is where we differ, though, Jeremy. I'm going for Philly. <laughs> and the reason being, come on, Kansas, they're 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 the Green Bay Packers' rivals. You know, I got to go for I got to go against the team that goes against them. The uh, who? Funny. <laughs> we'll get to that one in a second. But before we go into the next segment of what we're talking about here, uh Kelsey did have a couple of choice words for the mayor of Cincinnati. As we all, as we remember last week, we played a decree from the mayor of Cincinnati. Well, Travis Kelsey went ahead and decided to kind of smear it in his face a little bit during, uh, during a speech, during the award ceremony of the, of the, of the NFC awards of the championship. And he basically said, told, uh, he said, let me go ahead and impart some wise words for you. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. <laughs> Took a page out of the Rocks playbook and handed it back to the mayor of Cincinnati. And, of course, uh, when they were interviewing Mahomes, uh, you know, Travis went ahead and told him, he's like, bro, head my ass. This is Mahomes' house, baby. So <laughs> there was a lot of those. I mean, the Chiefs went in there with a lot of emotions. They were getting Talked down. They were saying that Cincinnati is going to win. A lot of people were not giving them their due. And that's a lot. That's, that's, that's what they were feeding off of. And they went in there hungry
0: and it definitely fit. seemed like it. it. It seemed like they came out with a chip on their shoulder and they played like it. Um, it was an incredibly tight game. As we've said, it could have go- swung either way multiple times, but again, Mahomes is playing at like 60%, 65, maybe. I mean, you can see him wince with almost every step. So I'm not taking anything away from Cincy, but they lost to a guy who was not even near his, his full capacity and full capabilities. Um, You know, that's, that's just a fact. And they still didn't, didn't get it done. So you know, they probably ought to just keep it shut, come back next year and kick some butt. I mean, they're a great team. I really enjoy watching the Bengals play. As I told you, I had no favorite in the Kansas City Bengals in the Kansas City and Cincinnati game. Either one would have made me happy. I love both the teams, love watching them play. So, um, you know. I I I love this budding rivalry. I absolutely love it. Uh, Mahomes and Burrow is going to be something we can hopefully watch for the next five ten years. Just be, it's our next Peyton and Brady, you know, Manning and I mean, Brady type thing, and I, mean. I, I I love it. It's great for the sport. And that horn right there
1: signifies that we're going into the overtime version of the Navarro Miller report here. We started off late. We're going a little bit over late. I don't know, Jeremy, you okay with that? I mean, people seem to be loving this conversation at the NFL. So uh, because we have a couple more stories here for you, one of them has to do with a story that uh, both you and I have seen, and that's about Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Now, Rodgers right now, they're saying there is no high interest from the Green Bay Packers uh, whether or not he comes back or not. And it's funny because during the game, <clears throat> excuse me, during the game of uh, the Niners versus, versus uh, Philly, I was going back and forth with a buddy of mine on Facebook, and he tagged me in the story, which I had already seen. I had already read the story earlier in the day, and I told him the exact same thing that I'm going to say here. I don't care. Either way is fine by me. To be honest with you, I am a Packers fan. I'm a diehard Packers fan, and I am a Rodgers fan. But Rodgers has dug himself in the hole to the point where I really don't care if he comes back next year or not. Quite frankly, in my honest opinion, I think that the Packers organization should focus more on the money they gave him and put that towards a better offense and a better defense. They need to put money on both those sides because we're lacking a lot. We lost a lot of great players with Devonte Adams, uh, uh, MVS. I mean, we lost a lot of great wide receivers that are now look look where MVS is now. He's headed to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, I, you know, it, it's one of the it's one of those things where I'm just like, we should have put the money on the team instead of on a single person that is ungrateful to make matters worse. He's not really that grateful to the Packers organization or to the Packers fans. In my opinion,
0: I so, think your opinion's dead on. I mean, we talked about this last week. Um, Rogers has been very, has come off very selfish for many years now. He hasn't seemed to care about the fans or the organization. It seems to be all about him. Um, and it's just with his actions, his behavior, his comments Um, it doesn't seem like he cares about the team anymore. And to take a, I think it's $36 million hit to to the NFL spending cap to re-sign this guy, that's a huge hit because I believe if a penalty on the cap is paid at double. Mm. So if you're paying $36 million, you're actually paying $76 million in penalties because you're $36 million over the cap to sign him. That's that's a huge problem. $36 million will buy you new offensive linemen, new defense, a couple wide receivers. I mean, that's you could literally retool half of your team with the money you're going to be paying in penalties on this guy. So
1: and, and, and it makes no and, sense
0: and, to hold on to him.
1: And that's also something that's also something that I also mentioned when I was going back and forth with the, with my buddy of mine. He's like, "We with the 49ers, we made it with our third string quarterback." I was like, "Yeah, but you also had a wide, you had a couple of great wide receivers, an amazing O-line that protected them, an amazing defense. I mean, come on. You got all of that. Obviously, you're going to make it to the freaking Super Bowl. We don't have that. We have one quarterback. And the rest, well, you know, the rest is the rest is proof is in the pudding. Right there, you know, I mean, and and we got, um, we have actually, uh, Joe Andrew that actually made a good point. Well, yeah, he's actually asking the question Is rounder Jordan ever gonna, Jordan Love ever gonna get a shot? Joe, he's had a shot and he's just, in my opinion, he's not ready. He's not ready. I mean, he still needs some more seasoning. And with this whole thing about Rodgers, I think, I think Jordan, and I'm gonna put it this way. Jordan is Rodgers when Rodgers played behind Favre in my opinion that to the to the to the point that basically Favre didn't really want to teach Rodgers too much you know th- that's what i mean by that i don't you mean that you. he's you know the best or not. i mean right, that he's not you. wanting to teach him too much you know he's not wanting to mentor him and the same thing, Favre was the same way to Rodgers. Now Rodgers is continuing that habit by not mentoring Love all that much, in my opinion. I don't think he is. Because if he was, Love would be playing a hell of a lot better. And don't get me wrong. He's doing a great job. But he's not there yet. I don't think he's ready yet for the big show.
0: I'll give the other side of that. I personally don't think he's the guy. Um, I've, I've never – it's not a UCLA-USC thing but I saw him play an awful lot. And yes, he handled USC many times, but I watched Aaron Rodgers play USC many times when he went into the draft. I said, this is one of the best quarterbacks in this draft hands down because I watched him for four years kicking our butts. You know, I mean, I, I was enthralled with his abilities. I did not have that opinion of Jordan. Um, it's, I'm not trying to, you know, totally dog on the guy, but I don't think he's the guy to lead them to a Super Bowl. I think he's a competent quarterback. I think he can get better and be really good eventually in the right system, but I think for the Packers he's going to be more of a stopgap. Um, you know, somebody who's very competent and can do what they ask, but I think their best option is to, you know, bring in a proven veteran or to, you know, bring someone up behind him through the draft.
1: And we'll we'll just have to wait and see what happens at this point because it's it's going to be a tough one this year. Honestly, Rodgers is trying to do the, the same thing LeBron James did when he was trying to, like, choose to go to either Miami or wherever. It's not going to be the same thing here, though, because, honestly, Green Bay doesn't even care. Like, Packer fans, I mean, I'm a Packer fan. I don't care where he goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my personal opinion, I think we need someone new. Someone fresh, someone that can actually, uh, they could build. The Packers right now need a rebuild. Desperately need to be rebuilt from the ground up. They need a new quarterback. They need new wide receivers. They need fresh legs in there. They need fresh offense, fresh defense. They need everything. They need to rebuild not on this team. They have a great coach with with LaFleur. They have a great coach with him. They need to rebuild. And with Rogers leaving, I think that's their opportunity. I think that's where they have their opportunity to rebuild, and do it and, and and make and then make better choices at this point. So, you know, um, you know, it's 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 one of those things where it, it is what it is, and we'll just have to wait and see. I, I'm personally, I really hope that the Packers organization makes the right choice, and moves on you know, continues on with something new Uh, in other sports news. Final topic of the evening is the Lakers screw job in Boston. Talk about the biggest screw job I've ever seen. And it was so blatant. It made me so angry to see this. I mean, I'm a Lakers fan. I'm from LA, obviously to see that LeBron got his, his forearm slapped and there was a no call on it. They went into overtime and Lakers lost. Had he, had they made the call, LeBron would have gone for, for foul shots, probably would have, more than likely would have made both of them, and boom, Lakers would have beat Boston. But in this case, oh, come on. You're trying to tell me that LeBron's not going to make two foul shots? Even
0: if he would have made one, he would have won it. I'm not saying he wouldn't have. I just have a little bit different take on this, similar to how we said that, you know, O.C., I can't even – remember his name, the defensive player from Cincinnati, how we said that wasn't the one defining thing. The Lakers still got to go into overtime and couldn't get it done. They wouldn't Plain have had to. They wouldn't have had to. Again, again, it's one play. They still had the opportunity and couldn't get it done. This is something that this team has been having a problem with all year. This is why this is not a championship level team. They've been struggling all year. They get a good win here. They lose two or three games. They don't have it right now. And the fact that they're sitting around bitching about a call rather than regrouping, and coming in, it may be, it, it, it may be valid, but that's not what champions do. But you know what, though,
1: if, if it would, if it had been Boston or any other team bitching about it, then they would be pissed. They would be like, oh, that's wrong. It's not even about that, to be honest with you, Jeremy. It's about the 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 lack of attentiveness of the refs then this isn't oh, happened yeah. just once this has happened many times where where they had to implement replay videos it's in happened. the nba
0: because of it no it happens in the nba all the time angles get messed up i mean i'm not saying there aren't bad refs there are but if you've ever watched a live basketball game seeing everything that goes on from the different angle you might be at is very deceptive and you can miss a lot of things that go on. Now, given these guys are trained and paid to be the best, so they ought to be. Um, But again, I don't like the fact that they're sitting around bitching and moaning about this rather than regrouping and coming out and just dominating. You know, the fact is they still had a shot. It's not like he got fouled and they didn't call it and we were down and we lost. The game was still tied. They still had a shot to win and couldn't get it done. To me, that's the bigger story because they're still floundering.
1: I think, I think that probably that no call screwed with their heads too. I think that in part, you know, the reason why going into overtime, they were kind of like, we, we shouldn't even be here. We should have already won this thing. Why are we here in overtime? I think that was messing with their heads. In my opinion, I think that's probably the reason why they lost.
0: I, I, and I get it, but that still goes to my point. A championship team does not do that. You're telling me that Michael Jordan would have gotten shook by that? He'd have come out in overtime, dropped 15 straight on them, and killed them. You want to come back pissed. Magic Johnson would have done the same thing. My Detroit Pistons in that day would have done the same thing. You think it, they would have let it rattle them? They would have come out, banged the crap out of everybody, gave the ball to Isaiah, and dominated overtime. The Lakers couldn't do that.
1: And you know what? Although, again, I agree with that. I'm just pissed at the no call. I get it. That's what I'm pissed off about. Granted, they should have, you know, when I went ahead and looked back and I saw, because I didn't get to see the game, you know, when I saw that they lost in overtime, I'm like, why didn't you guys just win? And then continue to bitch about what happened. You know, I mean, but you lost. And it's like, dude, come on. You You were waiting on that foul call to win the game. You know, but my, my, what I'm pissed off about, I'm just pissed off about the no call. That's what I'm really pissed off about. Cause it was a blatant, no call
0: blatant. No calls in the NBA are really, really annoying. But that again, was so bad. it's, it's a very tough game to officiate. It really is depending on your angles and what's going on. Um, you got a crowd of guys jumping around you've got arms flailing everywhere. And these guys have got to see whose arm belongs to who and who's hitting who and what's so again, yes, it's their job. Yes. They need to be the best at it if they're doing this for the NBA, but I will give them a little defense in that it is extremely hard to officiate a basketball game, um, as cleanly as us fans would like.
1: Anthony Davis is even saying that refs should be, uh, uh, fined for not making the right calls. I actually tend to agree with that because I mean, if, if, uh, if players are getting technical fouls, like one of the, one of the Lakers did when he came up to the ref and showed him in the cameras, like, see, look at that. It's a blatant no call. And he got a, he got, he got a technical for that. Yeah. Then refs yeah. should get fined afterward for not doing the job, you know, or maybe dock their pay for that day, whatever they did. I don't know, but there has to be some sort of count- accountability For the rest, not making the correct calls because they've been getting away with that for years, both not only not only in the NBA, but in the NFL as well. I mean, there have been plenty of times where refs don't call something and it's like, dude, you see it on the big screen. There's a big, big, like a bunch of big screens in a stadium. You have eyes. You can see it for
0: yourself. You obviously
1: see that there's something wrong,
0: except they're not allowed to look at those.
1: Oh that I didn't know.
0: <laughs> that is again they are not allowed to look at the score at the replay boards and whatever else. So that's that's part of their job. They can't be influenced by any of that. They have to make the call in the moment. That's why replay was instituted and then they can only look at what is given to them on their monitor.
1: But that's so, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying the, the replay was instituted, why didn't they use the replay before they went into before they went into into overtime?
0: They could have that. I have no idea. I I honestly don't know the ins and outs of that. I know with the NFL, there is kind of a penalty system. I would like to see them, like you said, fined or penalized for egregious mistakes. Um, You can't get into it where there's fines for every mistake, especially in a game like basketball. It's too fast. There's too many bodies moving at too many speeds, and things are going to get missed. Um, But the NFL, similar to college football, Um, college football is a lot worse about the bad officiating, but the NFL, if you screw up, you get moved down the priority ladder. So you're not playing major games. You're not officiating in a playoff or a Super Bowl or a, you get moved to the back of the line, basically. So there is kind of a hierarchy penalty, yeah. um, which will kind of hurt, I guess, your ad- advancement in the league. But I think it definitely needs to be more. And I don't know if the NBA has something like that, but it would be pretty smart to institute it.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Well, Unfortunately, that is a loss that they're going to have to like, you know, swallow at this point. And uh, even the, even the refs admitted that they did miss that call. They actually did admit to it. So at least thanks, I guess. Um, anyways, that's the news. In case you haven't heard it, thank you so much for watching us. Uh, a little bit of a overtime uh, on the Navarro Miller report. We started late. We decided to give you guys a little bit, a, a little bit extra this time around. Uh, but Jeremy. I'm not going to see this Friday. Yes. Um, I'm sad. Really? I'm crying inside. Yes. I can oh. tell
0: you're devastated, but no, we'll be back on Monday guys, but I do have a uh, autograph signing, uh, in Burbank. If anybody's in the area and wants to come down, meet a lot of uh, really cool stars, a lot of cool celebrities. Um, they're having a bunch of people. I think we have 80 different celebrities who are going to be there. So go ahead and come on down, but I'll be, uh, I'll be gone for the weekend doing that. Yeah. So
1: JC, uh, JC actually just uh, said right now, he actually asked uh, Dave and Jeremy tonight has been an absolute blast talking with both you guys. See you at the next show, which I think is Friday night. Well, that answers your question. Uh, Friday night's uh, episode of the Navarro Miller Report uh, will not be on because uh, our our co-host will be doing signings in Burbank, California. So if you guys are in the Burbank area, make sure to stop on by, go ahead and get an autograph from this gentleman right here. And uh, you know, we will be back here Monday Uh, at 6 p.m pacific standard time uh, as always and uh, we'll have more news for you from craziness to entertainment to sports and we'll do the best we can to entertain you guys uh for at least an hour of your time maybe even longer in case the technical difficulties start up again (laughs) but i'm your host dave navarro along with this guy i'm jeremy miller we will see you guys next week and uh since we guys we won't see you guys over the weekend have a great weekend everybody we'll see you next time.
0: You have been listening to the Navarro Miller Report.